This production is supported by Arts Council England. For more information, visit artscouncil.org.uk. Furtherfield.org for art, technology and social change. Um, I'm here to talk to Space Makers Agency, represented this evening by Dougald Hind and Pete Gravel. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Um, Space Makers Agency was established in 2009 after a six-month period of organising meetings with artists, community activists, architects, policy makers, squatters and others in order to rethink, broadly speaking, uh, the spaces we habitually use to live our lives. And um, interestingly, this was in part inspired by founder Dougald Hines' experience of working with Access Space, who, if you remember, were our guests from last week and are a free media lab and cooperative learning unit in Sheffield. Dougald, the founder of uh, Spacemakers Agency, is also one of the co-founders of School of Everything, an online resource and network for learning stuff, as well as being a co-founder of the Dark Mountain Project, which also involves a manifesto, journal and upcoming festival, which is the 28th to the 30th of May. And the Dark Mountain Project is centred around responding to implosive narratives about culture and civilization. Um, and I think, Dougald, we're going to ask you to come back and talk about Dark Mountain Project another time. Um, if, if you're available for that, because it's an interesting project and there isn't the time to talk about it today. Uh, Pete, who we're also talking to, collaborates with the Space Makers Agency and is also the director of Teachbox, a resource sharing network for teachers. So, uh, Space Makers Agency describe some of their key activities as researching the way people use um, environments like shops, homes, workspaces, empty and public spaces, and developing new ways of thinking about populating such sites. So, what I want to ask you guys um, to begin with is what does this mean in a very practical sense, and can you expand upon some of the types of spaces you're working with and how you can change people's interactions with them? Well... I guess it started um, with bringing people together, as you said, who were interested from very different perspectives in making better use of unused or underused space. And the, the idea that you know, when you look around our cities, um, there are so many shops sitting empty, um, there are office buildings, residential properties. Um, and at the same time, as well as seeing that, we were we were kind of seeing different ways that people were using space, whether it was kind of co-working spaces like um, the hub or um, spaces like access space where you had kind of walk-in media labs with kind of learning and work and socialising all kind of taking place in this mixed way in the same space, but also changing ways that people are using their, their homes. So people organising this kind of gig in my front room thing, which was really... Um, kind of starting to happen a lot in Sheffield when I was um, based up there a few years ago where you know, people would just um, get local musicians to come around and play and invite 20 of their friends around and this idea that I, I was kind of curious about whether partly because of the kind of the blurring of the boundaries of public and private in online space that was changing the way that people were thinking about the physical spaces in which we spend our time and changing the, the conventions by which people are using their homes or organizing their workplaces so i just think that uh, i thought that 
um, space was a really interesting kind of crossing point where all sorts of different issues and you know, practical stuff and um, social and political stuff um, came together. And so early last year, partly at the, the sort of the instigation of Vinay Gupta, um, he's the, the inventor of the Hexiert and all sorts of other wonderful things, um, a group of us got together to talk about these issues. And we we're talking about you know, creating new kinds of third space. You know, this, this idea that there's the home and the, works, the workplace and then the third place, which is the kind of the pub or the coffee shop, the place where you spend a few hours a week socialising and hanging out. That's a really important place to community but there's actually quite a marginal place in terms of the amount of time that you spend there compared to the home and the workplace that's become a very orthodox way of thinking about the places and spaces in society and I was really interested in the idea that actually that third place was a bit like a kind of a native reservation into which sociability is pushed back and enclosed and actually the the nature of people is to be sociable um, and it's only the, the kind of the antisocial nature of homes in the age of the nuclear family and of new concepts of privacy and the antisocial nature of workplaces in an age of efficiency and um, you know, everything being sacrificed to productivity that made the thing that we call the third place, which sociologists have treated as being this kind of normal human thing and that at the same time I was seeing people pushing back against that because sociability is such a basic instinctive human thing um, that people were constantly kind of coming up with new ways of uh, organising the spaces in which they spent their time so we brought people together to have conversations about this bringing together on the one hand people who were you know, squatting empty buildings and turning them into free universities or um, social centres and on the other hand architects, artists, community activists, right the way through to, to policy makers who were actually looking at this from a government point of view where people were starting to wake up to the idea that you know, all of the wastefulness of uh, all of these empty shops and buildings and so on um, was just pointless from any point of view and how could we do something with that. So that was where space makers came from, sort of bringing people together to have those conversations. Okay, and, and you've given us a good idea already of, of some of the motivations for that. But were there some kind of uh, economic instigators and, and what's come out of those? I think there's been a, a lot of attention in the last year or so on empty shops in particular um, and a lot of talk about that in the context of the recession. Um, and that's certainly one of the places where things have kind of taken off for us and where we went from just having hosting conversations to actually doing practical projects. Um, I think the thing that's interesting about that is that most of those shops were actually empty before the recession. The recession's kind of brought it into focus because you've had big stories like Woolworths shutting down up and down the country. But there's a much longer standing problem in this country, which is that lots of the things that the shops that we have physically as buildings were for we no longer use shops for we do our weekly shopping at tesco most of us and we do our i'm not I'm not approving or disapproving of that it's just a fact and yeah we're as likely to buy books on amazon as we are at a local bookshop um and so we've just got lots more shop buildings than we have of the kinds of shops which used to make up our high streets um and so at that point, there's a question about what do you do? And at one extreme, you can do what they've done in Aylesbury, where they've um, converted a third of their retail um, space in the town centre into residential. 
space. So just turning 60s shopping centres into flats, basically. Or we can try and kind of use this imaginatively. We can go, well, what are the things which Tesco and Amazon don't substitute for that people really care about, about public space and about um, shops and markets? And what other things could we bring in to make use of those spaces if not so many of them are being used for um, greengrocers and butchers and bookshops in the way that was maybe the case 30 or 40 years ago? Okay, so can you tell us more specifically about um, the Brixton Village project? Yeah, this was this is the first kind of big project that Spacemakers has um, been running, and it came about because uh, the the I don't know if for people who know the the markets in Brixton, you've got the outdoor markets and Electric Avenue, and then you've got a series of three indoor markets running down from Reliance Arcade, which is the little narrow. Um, one through Market Row, where um, Franco Manca's the trendy pizza places, and um, all the way down across Atlantic Road to what's called now Brixton Village, but most people still know it as Granville Arcade, which was the, the last of these buildings to be built in the late 30s. And it's sort of double story, um, it's sort of six asymmetric avenues of shops and stalls and it's a really important place to the um the community in brixton it's one of the the kind of key uh, african caribbean markets in london and um parts of it are still very alive and very busy but the back side of that market by last year had fallen largely empty there were 20 shops sitting empty the owners went to lambeth council i think hoping that the council was going to help them with some grant or something to re reopen the shops and kind of get stuff going in them lambeth approached us and we said to the owners hang on a moment you've got a problem here because you own these shops you want to be making rents from them you're not able to do that at the moment you don't know how to fix that problem if we can do something which fills those shops and uses them and brings them back to life and if at the end of that you're able to rent out those shops again, then we're solving a problem for you. You should be funding this. And so that's what they've done over the last six months is to fund us to run a project where we've brought in a whole mixture of sort of temporary creative projects and new community-driven businesses to show that the market can thrive in its current form and that you know it's not destined to, to sort of die out and be knocked down and have a 10-storey block of flats replacing it, which is kind of the direction that um, the owners were planning to go in a year ago until they realised quite how much resistance there was in Brixton and how much people cared about the market and wanted to make it work as the market that it is and that people remember growing up with. So that's the project that we've been doing there in Brixton over the, the last six months, um, filling those shops and also running events to bring the space to life on Saturdays. And increasingly, we're going to be doing that in the evenings as well. And that was how Pete got involved with us, really, because um, you came along to one of the weekly meetings that we've been running at the Dog Star. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's actually a, quite a long and, and winding story about how I became involved with the, the Space Majors project, um, mainly punctuated by forgetfulness on my part, I have to admit. But um, I was really galvanised into uh, thinking about the way we use space when I heard Dougald speak at a TEDx conference. And um, it really got me thinking about what, what can we do in these, in these market spaces that's different from Amazon, from Tesco. 
Um, so having been involved with the market in a few other senses, um, baking cakes for one of the cafes with my girlfriend and stuff, um, I eventually heard about the Tuesday meetings uh, where they talk about future events being held in the market and uh, it went from there really. So uh, Pete, I wanted to ask you uh, what you're doing with Spacemakers Agency at the moment. Yeah, so for the last few weeks I've been organising a tech-themed event which is going to be held on Saturday the 24th of April. So I've been mobilising uh, programmers, IT technicians, artists, musicians and dancers to uh, hopefully open people's minds to technology. Okay, and what do you mean by that? Um, the, we've got quite a diverse range of uh, activities happening on the day, ranging from the quite practical to the more abstract and creative. So um, on the practical side of things, we've got uh, drop-in IT support being kindly provided by uh, a social enterprise that's training up uh, people to become IT support technicians. So if you've got a broken laptop, a question about a mobile device that you're you know, you're using, or anything that you'd need some IT support about, you can drop down and see them. We're also going to be running workshops on the day to uh, help people out with anything they're interested in, uh, be it starting a blog, online safety for kids. Um, we'll be running numerous webshop, w workshops on that. Uh, towards the more creative side, we've got some interactive musical performances on the day and some media artists in residence who will hopefully be creating some media art for us. And where is this happening? So this is happening in uh, the Brixton Indoor Market, uh, Brixton Village or Granville Arcade, which is, uh, there are entrances down Atlantic Road and on Cold Harbour Lane in Brixton. Okay, great. Dougal, I just wanted to come back to you as well because uh, a question popped up. Could you just describe some of the, um, some of the uh, businesses or organisations that are now occupying some of the spaces in Brixton? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, what we tried to do was um, find... Um, businesses that actually were fitting in with and working with what was already there in the market. So on the one hand, we've got um, the Brixton Cornucopia, which is a uh, kind of food shop and cafe um, doing really um, fantastic kind of um, lunches and um, jams and pickles and so on. And they're, they're, part of what they're doing is they're collecting recipes from around the market and they're making and selling food made primarily from ingredients bought from the existing stalls and shops around Brixton Market. So sort of trying to find a way to be part of the ecology of what's already there. And then we've got the community shop, which is led by Transition Towns Brixton, um, which is kind of providing a hub for all sorts of organisations, both within the transition network in Brixton, which is really strong, things like the Brixton Pound, where we've got um, a kind of alternative local currency encouraging people to keep their money circulating in the local economy rather than going out to support um, sort of big uh, multinationals. Um, and then you know, there's, there's all kinds of fun stuff. There, there's some great cafes. I mean, the market has always been a great place for food. Um, it's been a food market, Brixton Market. And so on the one hand, we've got Etta's Seafood Kitchen, which opened up as part of the, the Space Makers project, which is um, you know, doing... Uh, sort of Caribbean seafood, again, using um, fish from Dagon's um, fish stall, uh, sort of 50 yards from where Etta's restaurant is, which people have been shopping at for um, donkey's years in Brixton. And on the other hand, we've got um, Federation Coffee, which has just opened, which is something that was actually sorely lacking in Brixton, was a place where you could get a really, really good cup of coffee. So um, Federation Coffee is fantastic. Um, and on the other hand, it's given us space to all sorts of 
kind of um, groups and young theatre companies and arts collectives. There's a group called Art in a Van um, from Camberwell, 20 of them who've just run a brilliant sort of three-month series of installations. And we're hoping to have um, Central School for Speech and Drama taking on a unit for a year to run a whole series of projects working with local groups as well as their students. Great. Thank you for describing some of those. And clearly uh, we need to get down to Brixton and have a look. Goodbye. Thank you. Um, Goodbye. Goodbye.